Michigan had a primary. Should we care? 85,000 migrant children are unaccounted for. Massachusetts is paying a big food bill for the migrants there. A Beverly Hills middle school had a fake nudes outbreak. Wendy's isn't going to surge pricing that and a whole lot more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 265 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and a lot going on over this past week. Politics, uh, nothing's really changing, but we had the Michigan primary, which is as good of a place to start as any. And there's not a whole lot of takeaways that we couldn't have predicted here. Donald Trump trouncing Nikki Haley 68.1% to 26.5%, or Donald Trump with approximately 757,000 votes, and Nikki Haley 295,000 votes. Maybe more interesting is over on the Democrat side where Joe Biden wasn't really running against anybody. Dean Phillips got about 20,000 votes. Marianne Williamson got about 20,000 votes. Joe got 620,000 or so. But uncommitted got 101,000 votes in the Democratic primary in Michigan. It is a state that has a decent Arab population, and there were Arab groups very unhappy with the way that Joe Biden is handling what's going on between Hamas and Israel, that they were running a campaign and hoping to get about 10,000 people to vote for uncommitted. They got over 100,000, which is, I hate to use the cliche, a red flag, but I think it shows that the Democrat Party is having some internal issues at this point. I've talked at length before how the Republicans often failed to the Democrats because the Democrats stuck together and the Republicans were often fractured. It seems that maybe there is a major fracturing coming to the Democrats. And the question then becomes, where those votes go. This is why the primaries don't really mean a whole lot. Nikki Haley getting 294,000 votes in Michigan, Donald Trump 756,000. Does that really mean anything once we move on to the general election? Because it's then a different story. It's then Republican versus Democrat where the question becomes who is going to exit the party line? Most hardcore Republicans not going to exit the party line. They may not go out and vote at all, but the hardcore Republicans not going to vote for Joe Biden just because even if they wanted Nikki Haley to be their candidate, if she's not, they're still not going to go out and vote for Joe Biden. Same thing can be said for the hardcore Democrats. They are not going to vote for the Republican. They may stay home, but they are not going to vote for the Republican, which is why where you want to look is normally at those independent voters. That's where the swings come in. And this appears to be where Donald Trump is strong right now. 
in the current polling that is out there across different pollsters. But this 100,000 votes in Michigan is not meaningless, even though Joe Biden ran away with that because he was really running uncontested. But yeah, you're running uncontested, but this is also showing that, uh, you know, 100,000 to 600,000, it's like, that's what, 14%? I'm not good at math on the fly, but that's a decent amount of people that is saying, eh, I don't think I want to vote for Joe Biden. I don't like what he is doing. I mean, to be fair, I don't think Joey understands anything that he's doing. I think his brain is more ice cream at this point than anything else. But that uncommitted vote in Michigan, 100,000 plus. Let's remember in the last presidential election, I think it was about a 10,000 vote swing between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. This means Michigan is definitely back in the running. This is not a done deal. And you're going to have to also look at states like Minnesota. Also, anywhere there is a heavy Arab population, they may not want to vote for Joe Biden because of his support for Israel. Whether you think Biden and what he's doing with Israel is right or wrong, you have to understand it will have repercussions within the United States, which is why politics gets so very, very messy. Because sometimes even doing the right thing can lose you a lot of votes. So watch Michigan. That is going to be interesting. The situation at the border not getting any better. We were promised a presidential order from uh, Joey. Didn't get one. I think mainly, if I had to guess, is because what everybody started running with was, well, you've been saying for three years that the Republicans, if only they would pass the bill, if only they would get something through the Senate, if only they'd get something through the House of Representatives, if only they weren't the ones trying to keep us from doing something about border reform, we'd be able to do it. Most of the American people have no idea. This is one of the few places that the president actually has a lot of control over what's going on at the border, how many people you are letting in. The president has it within his control to stop all people from coming over the border. I mean, legally, you're still going to have people coming in, but the president gets to decide what the law of the land is and then also has a large bit to say about how the laws are being implemented, which is why right now we have another story. State attorneys general say more than 85,000 children have been lost at the border. You don't hear the left covering this. This is from a just the news story. 22 state attorneys general said Monday more than 85,000 migrant children could be lost based upon a report from the Department of Health and Human Services. The report issued this month shows many of the children could be in the labor market or sex trafficked. This is what the attorneys general are saying in this letter. Quote, by law, the Department of Health and Human Services is responsible for keeping these children safe when they arrive. That responsibility includes reuniting children with family or placing them with a sponsor who will protect them from trafficking and exploitation. But that department is not living up to its responsibilities, and the cost of that failure is tens of thousands of missing children, end quote. I think anybody who has a heart and a conscience is asking themselves, where are these 85,000 children? I've talked at length about the scam of, well, you know, it's easier to get over the border. If you have some kids, so you grab some kids, kidnap them, bring them in. How do you know that the children coming over the border that are like, oh, no, here's my family. How do you know it's really their family? You don't. And there's no way to know. And there's no way you could ever know. And there's no way to track what is happening to these children once they are brought into the country. This policy of everybody come on in. We are not going to stop you. 
is leading to not only hundreds of thousands of deaths from fentanyl and the other illegal drugs coming across the border, but it is putting tens of thousands, if not hundred thousand or more children into sex trafficking. Do you think Joey cares? Do you think Joey knows? Do you think Joey even has a clue what's going on? This is like, oh no, everybody come on in. It'll be, it'll be great. Well, there's bad people coming in too. There's a criminal element coming in too, which is why the case in Georgia, where the 22-year-old nurse was killed, nursing student, was killed while out jogging. Lakin Riley is her name, was killed by a guy not only here illegally, but also arrested in other states and let go because, you know, we can't keep the criminals in jail. This is what the Democrats want. This is the George Soros DAs. This is the end result of a multitude of failures from opening the border, knowing damn well that a percentage of those people that you're letting in are criminals, are dangerous. If you figure there is like, you know, 10% of the overall people in the world are bad, the amount coming in over the southern border is probably more 20 to 30%. And they have a record of this guy. He entered the United States unlawfully in 2022, according to immigration authorities, as reported by CBS, and then was arrested in New York. This, according to his wife, who said, He was arrested for endangering her son. So I don't know if it's his son as well, letting him ride on the back of a moped without a helmet. Granted, not a huge beef, but at this point, ICE could have taken him into custody. But according to a written ICE statement, quote, he was released by the NYPD before a detainer could be issued. Then went down to Georgia, where after less than a month, he and his brother also here, Illegally were accused of stealing from a Walmart in Athens. Just an overall good guy. According to the police report, the two allegedly took bacon, smoked sausage, queso, fresco cheese, and some clothing. They were given a citation for misdemeanor shoplifting and let go. So failures up and down the line that this guy just should not have been in the country. It'll be interesting to see how the state of Georgia, another very contentious state in the last election goes because of this, because these kind of things are what hit home. They can make a big difference in the minds of the voters in those areas because it just seems like nothing is being done. The federal government just doesn't care about who is being allowed in. They don't care how they're going to be taken care of. They don't care. What happens to anybody, whether it's the people coming in or what they may do to the people that are citizens of the United States? And you're seeing the same thing here with the state's attorneys general that are like, where are these 85,000 children that you let in that are now missing, that are now in the wind? Not a good situation. The letter that was from these attorneys general goes on to say, quote, the Department of Health and Human Services must ensure that it is not handing over children to criminals and sex traffickers. It cannot do so if it does not know to whom it is handing these children. The Iowa Attorney General Brenna Byrd led the coalition along with Mississippi Attorney General Lynn Fitch and Utah Attorney General Sean Rays. Quoting again, losing 85,000 kids is like losing the entire population of Sioux City, Bird said. This is unacceptable. As a mom, it makes me sick to think that many of these missing kids have been trapped into forced labor and exploited by heinous sex traffickers. It's the federal government's job to keep these children safe. I've joined with 21 others, attorneys general, and demanding that the Biden administration immediately locate and protect these children, end quote. Do you think they can do that? No, everybody knows they can't do that. They don't know where they are. How do you track this amount of people that are being allowed into the country? You can't. 
And the fact that nobody even cares, it's children. Everybody wants to think that everybody coming over the border, it's kumbaya, that they are law-abiding people just looking for a better life. And many of them are, but there are a decent population, a decent percentage that are not. And for the government just to be like, well, our policies, uh, Joey says, let them in. 85,000 kids, where are they? Eh, We don't know. We don't care. We can't track them down. Is Joey going to be held accountable by this for this? No, nobody cares. These 85,000 kids, nobody cares in the Democrat Party, but people keep voting for the Democrats. Ask your friends that are voting for Democrats what they believe about this. They'll probably just tell you, oh, there's no 85,000 kids. That's just Republican propaganda. It's disgusting. It is sick. It is beyond the pale, as Joey used to like to say, when his brain wasn't completely mush. Let's remember the hubbub of the kids in cages that all the liberal media told us was because of Donald Trump and his policies. And then once you dug a little further, I always tell you, dig a little deeper, go look for the facts. We found out that they were Obama era. They really weren't cages. They were fenced off areas where they were keeping people as they were processed. But, you know, detaining somebody even for a little bit, that is, oh, that's not good. The Libbies will tell you. They'll tell you, oh, no, that's no good. The Democrats will tell you that's racist to put those people in cages while you're processing them. Well, the end result is you just let kids over the border then, and you have no idea that if they're with adults, if those adults mean them harm or not, and you just don't care because you don't want to do it. You don't want to spend the time. You don't want to spend the resources. You're going to tell us that it's bad to put them in cages, but you know what you're doing is so much worse. Most schools now in America have programs put into place. You can't just show up and take somebody's kid You can't just be like, oh, I'm Uncle Jimmy. I'm here for little Jenny. Mm -mm. And if that happened, can you imagine what happened? You go to pick up your kid from school and they're like, nope, somebody else already picked him up. Whoever allowed that to happen, what would you be doing to them right now? You probably would be pummeling them in the face with a brick and rightfully so. And this is what Joey Biden and his minions are doing at the southern border it is absolutely insane there is some interesting light when it comes to the migrant crisis eric adams mayor of new york city the once great city of new york is finally understanding that his city is incapable of handling the influx and also thinking twice about all of these sanctuary city laws that say, no, 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 we can never go to ICE. We can never turn anybody in. It doesn't matter what kind of horrible crime that they may commit. Be a hell of a lot easier to get them out of the country. Although, with that said, with Joey Biden's porous border, they'll just be coming back. So it's going to be somebody else's problem because you know they're coming back. But Eric Adams on Monday at a town hall meeting said, quote, We need to modify the sanctuary city law that if you commit a felony or violent act, we should be able to turn you over to ICE and have you deported, end quote. Again, I mean, those people are just going to come right back. So I don't know. I think maybe you should put them in jail. But we're starting to see cracks in this idea that, no, we're never going to go to ICE and tell them we have an illegal, I'm sorry, criminal alien. The article from the Daily Mail, I know, Daily Mail, he faced the pressure this week over his plans for a $53 million debit card scheme that could give a family of migrants with two children under the age of 17 up to $15,200 a year. Does anybody think this kind of thing is sustainable? Does anybody not question where the money is coming from? 
Do the people that are still left in New York not understand that that is where their tax dollars are going? And this is not a small amount. This is overloading a system. Exactly what was wanted. People used to think Glenn Beck was crazy when he would talk about this stuff 15 years ago or so. They want to just totally overwhelm the system so they can rebuild, so they can be like, well, the current system must obviously be flawed. No, see, the current system would work if you followed the law, if people that came in illegally were sent packing. If you tried to stop people from coming in, then the laws made sense. When you stop enforcing the laws, like with shoplifting, then what happens? Businesses start leaving, and all of a sudden, you're walking around downtown San Francisco going, how come I can't find a Walgreens or a Target? The article from the Daily Mail says that Eric Adams blamed Congress. Oh, of course, it's always Congress's fault for the handling of the crisis, insisting his hands were tied by federal laws. No, no, Mayor. No, your hands are tied by the laws of your city and the laws of your state. He says, quote, people tell me all the time they see me on the street. I wonder how many times Eric Adams is really just walking up and down the street. Wait for people to stop him. They say, well, Eric, why don't you stop the buses from coming in? It's against the law. I can't, he told the meeting. See, the buses coming in aren't the problem, Mr. Mayor. The fact that the criminals, aliens, are coming over the border in the first place and being allowed to, that is the problem. Because what you're saying, Mr. Mayor, is that you just want the problem to be one of Texas and Arizona in California and those states that are the closest to the border. It becomes a lot more real when they're in your backyard. Well, in your living room, maybe at this point. And this is why you have to understand that if we don't have the resources to bring people in, there was a story. I don't remember where I saw it, that there was a basement somewhere in New York where there were 70 migrants all living in one basement. I mean, that's got to be totally humane that's got to be a really good situation but if you don't have the room if you don't have the resources then you cannot allow the people in everybody knows they have a family budget if you were all of a sudden responsible for 10 more people let's just say not even 10 more people let's just say all of a sudden you're a family size whatever it is could just be one person could be two okay maybe if it's one you have a little more leeway you got a family of four All of a sudden, there's another family of four that's going to be living in your home that you have to provide for. You have to give them food. You have to give them clothing. You have to give them shelter. Is that within your budget? Have you gone to the grocery stores lately? And oh my God, the prices were up again this week and they couldn't get the order filled in time hours late because they were short staffed. I'm sure it was because it was 76 degrees. Anybody that was supposed to work yesterday probably went no. But do you have the resources to take care of that if your family size doubled overnight? Of course not. Most people don't. And this is what is happening to the country under Joey. Over 10 million people. And there's a lot we don't really even know because so many are not even encountering anybody at the border. But over 10 million. That is a number. That is too large for even a country the size of the United States to easily and quickly absorb. This is why it's like with medication. When you're taking medication, if you take a large dose of most medications at one time, you will die. You take a small dose, it'll keep you alive for a long, long time. My dad has been on a blood thinner for over 20 years because he had open heart surgery and has a artificial valve now that blood thinner is technically rat poison but if you take a little bit every day it doesn't kill you and it does what it needs to do in your body if you take a bunch at one time you're gonna die same thing with the migrants coming over the border you can handle a small influx you keep it controlled then yes you are a country that welcomes immigrants but you do not get overrun. Once you get over the number that you can handle, 
It's no longer immigration. It is, in fact, an invasion. And if the leaders want what is best for the citizens of the country, they make it stop. Joey opened up the borders on day one, has had the ability to close them down. Again, I think his brain is mush and he may not understand that, but the people that are pulling the strings of Joey Biden, the puppet, understand that a presidential order would do exactly what needs to be done to close the borders. They don't want to do it. Don't want to do it because they want the chaos. They want it to get to the point where they can be like, oh, we better start looking at this other system here. We, we, this, this whole thing we have going, this capitalist free system can't have that. Another quote from Eric Adams. Why do you say you have to house everyone that comes in? He asked, because that's the law. And that's not necessarily the truth. Mr. Mayor, which we are also seeing in Boston with what they are paying to feed the migrants. This from a report from CBS News. So a very liberal organization, but they are breaking the news on what the state of Massachusetts is paying out. Because like New York, they have the sanctuary laws, they have the right to housing laws. And like New York, there is quickly becoming debate on whether these laws would protect people that are in the country illegally. I think sane people would say no, that it's one thing to have laws, your right to housing and all of this, that if you have people that are part of your community that fall on hard times, it's a safety net and a certain amount of safety nets are needed. But in this case, when you say as a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state that you are going to house everybody. And then tens of thousands of new people show up and you're like, wait a minute, we can't handle this. But in Massachusetts, according to this report by CBS News, vendors are charging the state $16 for breakfast for each criminal migrant, $17 for each lunch and $31 for each dinner, putting that at a cost of $64 per day per illegal criminal alien to just feed them $64 a day. So what about 250 bucks for a family of four just to feed them each and every day, $250 family of four. I mean, it seems like your government at work again, because I think you can go down to the local Piggly Wiggly and get some groceries for a little bit less than that. But that's not our government at work. $64 a day that is going out to pay just for the food. That's not including the housing. This from the Fox Business article talking about this, it said the state had previously said it is obligated to cater to the migrants because of its 1983 sanctuary city law, which was passed to deal with the relatively small number of homeless families and pregnant women. Although critics have now said the law does not apply to migrants who are not U.S. citizens. Yes, we just mentioned that and rightfully so. It continues, quote, the state's right to shelter law requires it to provide families with refrigeration and basic cooking facilities. But some of the accommodations do not have appliances. Oh, no. Leaving the state to contract out for food and delivery CBS reports. So this is why I guess I should have read that part earlier. This is why they're paying $64 a day to feed every person that came into Massachusetts. It is expected to cost the taxpayers of Massachusetts. Oh, a billion. Just a cool billion dollars to feed people that are here illegally. No, we have to pay. As citizens of this country, we have to pay the bill while our country keeps throwing billions of dollars out to Ukraine and other things like that. No, take care of what you got going at home, Joey. This is your mess, Joey. You know, if Joey was a dog, you would take his nose and you would just push him right down into this. 
Because this is your fault, Joey. You did this. You opened up the border. And although Joey's brain may be mush, the people around him knew exactly what was going to happen. You think they care? This 22-year-old girl gets killed in Georgia? Nope, don't care as long as they get what they want. Do you think they care that 85,000 plus children coming over the border may be in sex slavery right now? Nope, don't care as long as they get the votes and they get to stay in power and they get to pad their wallets. It is absolutely disgusting what this country has come down to, which I think is why so many people are hoping and praying that Donald Trump somehow gets his way back into office because he may be the only person right now that is willing to stand up and drain the swamp of these vermin. And there's a lot of bad things that come along with Donald Trump, but he legislated well. He's got a lot of rough edges. He says a lot of stupid things, but look at what he did while he was president. Look at the policies over the person, and he may be the only person that can turn things around. Now, from my parents are morons, and AI is here to stay category, headline, Beverly Hills Middle School is rocked by nude images of students generated by AI, with principal warning culprits will be expelled, all caps, thanks, Daily Mail. This is a school with sixth graders to eighth graders, which means they are 12 years old to 14 years old or so. Quote, a middle school in California is investigating students who allegedly use AI to generate and share nude images of their classmates, end quote. Well, I mean, the AI would be used to generate them. I don't think the AI would be used to share it, but words mean things. Let's forget about that journalism bad. Quote, the images showed faces of students at Beverly Vista Middle School superimposed on artificially generated nude bodies, end quote. I think we also understand that the faces would be the real. And I mean, this is a great breakdown of what's going on here. Next, quote, a terrified student who wished to remain anonymous. Well, let me stop right here. If the kid's a student, he's 12 to 14 years old. You shouldn't be putting his name on the news anyway. But this student told NBC4 in California, quote, it is very scary. People can't feel safe to come to school. They are scared people will show off explicit photos of them, end quote. Now, does anybody ever hear a 12 to 14 year old talk that would be like, they are scared people will show off explicit photos of them? That doesn't sound real. Does not sound real. Let's just pretend that it is and just go with the sentiment. The article continues, quote, one worried parent also voiced their concern and said, quote, it needs to be some kind of huge consequence for that, end quote. What the hell do you mean? There must be some kind of huge consequence for that. They're all a bunch of 12 to 14 year olds. What kind of huge consequence is it going to be? What do you really expect here? This is what is going to happen with this technology. It's never going away. Quote, the authorities are trying to determine how many students were involved in developing the images and how many may have been victimized, end quote. Again, very simple solution. Don't give your kids access to the Internet. Don't give your kids access to the Internet. Do not give your kids access to the Internet. 12 to 14 year olds do not need to be online if they are this is going to happen you are not going to stop it there are apps on phones that will do this now this is not hard to do this is not something you need expensive equipment for there seems to be little doubt this is kids doing it to other kids in a middle school and of course the police are involved in an email sent to concerned parents the district wrote quote any student found to be creating, disseminating, or in possession of AI-generated images of this nature will face disciplinary actions, including, but not limited to, a recommendation for expulsion. We are appalled by any misuse of AI and must protect the most vulnerable members of our society, our children, end quote. But it is the children doing it, you idiots. 
you idiots. And when it comes down to having possession of these images, well, these kids all text back and forth on various apps. So if somebody sends you one of these, well, you've got it. Whether you asked for it or not, you got it. I don't think they understand how the internet works. If somebody messages you with an image you don't want to see, you still get the image. You are now in possession of it. It's going to show up on your phone. You know what the only way to take care of this is? Don't give your kids a phone. Don't give your kids a tablet. Don't let your freaking kids on the internet because this is going to happen whether they're on it or not. But at least this way, they won't be able to be blamed for it. Officials at the school, quote, students, please talk to your friends about how disturbing and inappropriate this manipulation of images is. <laughs> right. Because it's the kids that are doing it because they think it's funny. Quote, parents, please partner with us and speak with your children about this dangerous behavior. The superintendent in Michael Bregley said, quote, we really do ask. Really, we really do ask. Not just we ask. We really do ask that parents stay involved, look at phones, and be really aware of what's happening. It really comes down to knowing the difference between right and wrong, end quote. Here, another spoiler. People don't know the difference between right and wrong. Parents are morons. What do you mean parents look at the phones? Do you think parents know how to find everything on the phone? There's a lot of stuff on the phone that if you don't know where to look and that the fact that it can be intentionally hidden, this concept that parents to be like, well, just be more involved and look at your kid's phone and you'll know. Bullcrap. You won't. Do not give the kid a phone. If the kid has a phone, they're going to be able to hide things very easily from their parents and they will be able to not only do stupid stuff like superimpose their friends' heads on naked bodies, but they also open themselves up to every pervert on social media who is looking to contact them and groom them and just do all sorts of really bad things that are probably happening to the 85,000 migrant kids who we don't know where they are. Dr. Kelly Scon, S-K-O-N, the school principal advised students to make sure their social media accounts were private and that unknown people were not following them online. Now, if you are going to give your kids phones, even though it's a stupid thing to do, if the parents are going to fail there, then yes, this advice from the principal is actually good. Buried way down at the end here. Social media accounts, the more you post your photos online, the more of a chance there is going to be that people will manipulate one of those photos. They will be able to train something to reproduce your face on all sorts of photos that you may not want it to be on. The less of a footprint you have on social media, the better. Now, when it's their friends doing it, Principal Scone, that's not going to help. But your advice is very good for keeping them safe from the outside world from the people who may want to groom them and find them, kidnap them, although you could just find a migrant kid now, it's easy, 85,000 just came into the country. But you're absolutely right that it's a good thing to keep your social media account private and not just accept anybody that wants to follow you on social media. But in this case of this story, we know that it is their fellow classmates. So what, who are we protecting? Which children are we protecting? This is obviously a bunch of rich kids. So they all have the devices. This is in Beverly Hills. If you go read, and I know it's bad, but if you go read the middle school website, it is a woke manifesto, more or less like, oh, be friends with people that aren't like you and reach out to your teachers. I'm like, I don't know if you want them reaching out to their teacher. They may be, the teachers may be the ones making these images. Who really knows? And of course, no article like this, no coverage of a story like this is complete until we have an unhinged parent making a statement. This comes from Jackie Kruger, a mother of an eighth grader, told CBS, quote, I think it made everybody alarmed and alerted to the fact that this could happen to them. Well, I'll just stop there for a minute and say, well, if you were listening to this show, if you were a regular Random Thoughts listener, I've been talking about this for 
three, four years, more maybe? It seems like a long time. How long has this show even been on the air? But it has been a favorite topic of mine because I saw what was coming. The technology was always there to do things like this, to put somebody else's head on somebody else's body. And the technology got so easy that rather than buying Photoshop, you know, a thousand dollar program, at least very expensive without having some skills. Now you just put it into a computer and go, oh, here's one picture with naked person. Oh, here's picture of my friend put together. That's basically how easy it is for these things to be created now. But now this mother at least knows it could happen to them. And then she says, quote, this is a form of bullying and bullying should be reprimanded. Oh, yeah. We're always wanting reprimands. We all got to reprimand somebody. You got to hold somebody responsible. You know what, Jackie Kruger? If your kid has a device, it's your fault. If your kid posts their photo all day, every day on the TikToks or the Instagrams or wherever they happen to be, you are the one that should be held responsible because you're the one giving your kid the device. And I sounded like Lewis Black there for a minute. She says, quote, if the onus is on them and Congress legislates in a way to protect our children, then we will all be safer. <laughs> no, no, you will not be safer. Do you not get it? The genie's out of the bottle. You can't legislate things that you cannot control. And you are never going to control this. You're never going to control the Internet, which is why kids don't belong on it. She says, ultimately, it's like putting a weapon in a child's hands, right? Yeah, like the cell phone that you put into their hands. You twit. It's unbelievable how stupid some people are and they just can't figure it out. Quote, the child should not use a weapon, whether it's in their hands or not, but don't put the weapons in their hands. The parent says this probably while watching her kid play on their phone. That's the weapon, sweetie. That is the weapon. That's the weapon of the future. That's what's all of your AI. That's your phone. That's the weapon. Keep your kids off the Internet or shut the hell up. I mean, I don't know. Did this lady not understand? I'm guessing that the photos that were used to make these fake nude photos were taken from social media. You know how that wouldn't have happened if your kid didn't have a social media account with their pictures all over it. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's like, yes, it is putting a weapon, putting a phone, putting a tablet, putting anything with a connection to the Internet in the hands of children is asking for trouble. This is like putting a gun in their hands. This is a weapon of a different sort. For that, she is correct. But these parents who would never give their kids a gun because, ooh, guns are bad. Well, they think the Internet's absolutely safe. Idiots, idiots, idiots. And I know a little bit hyped up about this. I watched a Bill O'Reilly clip the other day and he was all sorts of hyped up. And I'm like, I want to be like Bill. That looks like fun. It looks cathartic. Tell people they're stupid and why they're wrong. In this case, I think I am 100% correct. And parents, don't go blaming somebody else. Don't ask for legislation. Do not be like it's bullying. Just get the devices out of your kids' hands. Understand when it comes down to the fake nudies that your kids have a much greater chance to be a victim if they have a social media account. It's not going to prevent it from happening because kids got phones. The other kids got phones. They can take a picture of your kid and still do the same damn thing but it would at least go a long way to mitigating that. And if parents would ever just realize exactly how dangerous the internet is and how dangerous these devices are for children who have brains like Joey of mush, maybe they would take the devices away and let the kids have a normal childhood rather than be addicted to the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because what you're getting on these devices anyway is garbage the news you get not really the news it is all to just get you all riled up like i am right now there was a story that went viral as they say wendy's dynamic pricing wendy's is gonna do like uber all of these people were saying 
they're going to implement this dynamic pricing, which means, oh, no, during lunch and dinner rush, they're going to charge you more for your full, what's it called, a frosty. They're going to charge you more for a hamburger at those times. And the story ended up being completely untrue. But before we even talk about the specifics, I did a quick Google search on who covered this story saying, oh, no, oh, no, Wendy's is going to go to dynamic pricing. Oh, no, they're going to charge you more. CNN, CBS News, ABC News, The Washington Post, The USA Today, Ars Technica, New York Times, New York Post, The Verge, Time Magazine, People Magazine, Business Insider, who also added, it isn't as crazy as it sounds. <laughs> it might be. Axios, Fox Business, Food and Wine Magazine, Fortune, Good Morning America, and I'm sure there were others. Because the CEO, COO, whoever it was of Wendy said that they were looking at going to dynamic pricing and fully digital menu boards going into 2025 and beyond. That's the story that was taken from it because they said dynamic pricing. They thought that meant surge pricing, not the same thing. Could they do it? Sure. But nobody, nobody asked. This is journalism today. They say, oh, no, he said dynamic pricing. That must mean they're going to charge more. Should we go ask the guy? Should we go ask for some clarification? No. Journalists don't ask for clarification anymore because they're crap. Journalism is dead. All of those people cover the same stupid story that Wendy's is going to start gouging you. As I said, the uh, business insider was even like, well, this makes perfect sense. And Wendy's came out and was like, no, not what we said at all. I wonder how much money this is going to cost Wendy's. I would think they have a class action lawsuit against every one of those news organizations that I just put out there. I think they should be able to go after each and every one of them for this misinformation. Oh, I thought all these places hate misinformation, but they're the only ones that like to spread it so very much. And the dynamic pricing that Wendy's was talking about, and I don't know, this is maybe kind of the same thing in reverse. But Wendy's is like, well, no, what we meant by our dynamic pricing is that we can have sales. You know, we can change the price at any time. That much is true. But they said they would never, and I don't know, never is a long time. They said they would never do this to raise prices during those peak hours. But what they're talking about is lowering the prices in the non-peak hours which is something that has been done in restaurants for ever. The early bird special, you know, come on in before four o'clock and you get 15, 20% off, whatever it is. Wendy's is just like, we, this would be great if we have all digital boards, these would just change automatically. So if it's that area of the day, let's just say, Almost nobody comes in between 8 and 9 p.m. Well, you can have your burgers 20, 30% off. Encourage people to come in during those times. So overall, what we can learn from the Wendy's story is that the mainstream media, again, a very long list of all the big players, do not get the stories correct. They do not ask for clarification because in this case, a simple phone call to the guy at Wendy's who made the quote and be like, when you say this, do you mean this? And he'd have been like, no. And then the story never gets printed. But this is the mentality now. Everybody's got to be first. We got to break the story. We got to break the story. Oh, somebody else has the story. We have to repeat the story because otherwise we won't have the story. That's why you don't believe the mainstream media. This is why journalism means dead. And this is most likely why you're listening to this show. Even though you're a small group of folks, you are more on the ball and in the know than the people that aren't listening to this show because they just don't have a clue. This show is not a part of the mainstream media. It is a value for value proposition, which means I put the shows out there. They're not behind a paywall. You get to decide if you have gotten any value out of it whatsoever. Did you get some information you've never heard before? Were you entertained? 
put a number on that. Is it a latte's worth of value? What's that? Five bucks. Is it a large pizza's worth of value? 30 bucks. Who knows? Bitcoin is going to the moon. A lot of you may have some extra cash laying around now. So you can send that in via a variety of different ways, including going to randomthoughts.com slash donate. You can click the donate button for a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses if you're in the crypto mood. You can use the P.O. Box address if you want Uncle Sam to carry a check, money order, whatever. And if you are in the podcasting 2.0 ecosystem, you can boost. Send us a boostagram, all sorts of fun stuff. If you don't know what that is, newpodcastapps.com. Today, I have a couple of people mainly to thank. When that one is a monthly donor for a long time, also streaming some Satoshis, Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley coming in again with his $15 monthly and streaming and all very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sir Sean. And then Speedy Bubble, who sent in a big boost. He was trying to do a boost over to Planet Rage, the show that I do with Larry Blydner. And for some reason, part of it didn't come through. So he sent it into this show to make up for it. So it was 61,728,000 Satoshis, which was $37 at the time this show started. It may be up to like 45 right now because Bitcoin is going nuts. But I credit him over on Planet Rage, but also here because it took some effort for him to get the funds in. And we thank you, Speedy Bubble. Hope you actually listen to the show. This, is a, this was a good one today. I got a little angry and it was fun. These laughs came in with a boost of one, two, three. And our buddy Dale Jr. doing 100 Satoshis per minute as listening, which is up to like six cents a minute now. Although it might be like 10 cents a minute right now because, again, Bitcoin going crazy. It is very much appreciated. I thank everybody who has supported the show this week and in the past. And I thank everybody who takes the time to listen to the show. I hope you're entertained. I hope you are enlightened at some point. I hope we make you think about something in a way that maybe you haven't before. And if anything, we at least let you know that the mainstream sources are no good. They are not telling you the truth. They are telling you bits and pieces of a truth with a whole lot of bias mixed in. And while I know I have my bias, I do my best to try to cover the stories in the fairest possible manner. If you don't think I am, Reach out to me, Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com, over on Twitter at Darren O'Neill, full name, and now on the Fediverse, Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at planetrage.social. Would love to hear from you. With all of that said, I hope you have a great week. I plan on talking with you again next week at about this time. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.